Now it's recording. Now it's recording. Has the episode started Should yet? I started again. You just. <laughs> I have to say that every episode. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready for a great episode. It's a great morning. Good morning. Wednesday now. morning. Wednesday morning. Get your morning dose of serverless goodness right here. That's what we're here for. You want to hear about serverless? Go to one of the previous podcasts. Yes. Okay, so the thing is this, right? Right. Tell me. You build this amazing MVP. We did that, didn't and, we? And then you realize there's a feature there, part of the app, and the team is in two minds about whether it's actually delivering the right amount of value for the complexity that it's adding to the app. Yeah. So then you have to have that awkward discussion, you know? Should we break up with our feature? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Sorry, applications. It's uh, it's not you. It's, it's not me. you. It's me. <laughs> so we did that recently. Yeah, it was funny the conversation because you brought it up. Because I was just like, I, you had to work on part of the app, and you were like, "This is this is not right." Well, I I, I get I, I have a very um, I think my strength is that I I view things at a very high level. And I like I don't get fussed about the smaller level, so like I I normally have like a picture of what the system is in my mind, and it's either very crystal or very fuzzy. Mm. And uh, I was getting fuzzy about these little points, yeah, because they didn't feel like they were coherent with the rest of the system. Yeah. Should we give background on what this is? Yeah. So we're doing this is the product post mortem. Yeah. So the background is. Probably explain what we do as well a little bit. Okay. For people who have never heard of us. I'm James Apple. (laughs) (laughs) This is Frankie and Ali. Welcome. Together we are. Okay. Zap workflows. Zap workflows. So the the main part of the app is all about workflows and automating business tasks and licenses and certifications and stuff. Getting the right data to the right people. Yep. Removing paper from all these business processes. Yep. And along the way, so as part of that, we had a feature which received job applications. Yeah. For employees to work at a business. That's right. And as we were kind of working on it, and it's funny that you, when you brought it up, I remember the the call, you're like, I I feel like this feature's not working anymore. And then I was thinking to myself, yeah, I've been thinking that the same way too. Yeah. And then within like 30 seconds. We came to the conclusion through different means though. (laughs) I was looking at analytics and the database and then like what was actually in these flows. Yeah. And then, yeah, you were actually talking to customers, which is something I'd refuse to do. (laughs) Yeah, so we both had different different ways of arriving at the same outcome. Yeah. So we... We actually started, our initial name before Zap Workflows was Zap Onboard because we were thinking we'll do like the hiring and onboarding processes for small businesses. Yeah. And um, we still sort of do that, Mm. but uh, we realized, you know, it's probably better to focus on the one thing. So, or or like, sorry, that's not even it. That's, That's totally wrong. We wanted to be able to be more to the business than just the onboarding process. Yeah. Because we can do a lot more with the technology that we have. But regardless of what the actual feature is itself, I feel like we can talk about 
what what the process was like of working out if we needed to take the feature out and then once we decided to take it out looking at you know how we how we got down that path how did the feature actually get in there in the first place because it was quite evident at the end that okay we don't need this but up until that point we were like I was I wasn't like totally against it I was I was uh, I was like I questioned people seemed to like it yeah but then they they see from the conversations that you told me about it seemed like they were misunderstanding what it was for 100% yeah yeah so if we talk about okay how did it how did it get in there so I think what happened was we had our initial kind of wireframe that we drew up for the app and then we had a designer come in and working through the product with the designer, we kind of uh, made the decision that we should pivot it a little bit and add this feature in a different kind of way to what we initially intended. It made sense at the time. Um, But then in hindsight, I kind of think to myself, the, the MVP didn't have it as its own separate feature. So maybe that was a, a mistake on my behalf of like... The very first MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't have even let it, allowed it in at that stage because we, we were only making assumptions still. Yeah. And we didn't need it. I do feel like we said that it was very important though. I don't remember why, but it, yeah. it became a very important feature yeah. in everyone's minds. Well, I think it was because it was the entry point to getting people into the app. Because I didn't think Because it was the first step. Yeah. I thought this was like the, the killer thing about us in yeah. a way, which is you scan a QR code, you, you apply to the business and then you become a, like this was, I thought it would be the only way people got in. Yeah. It's actually turned out the opposite. No one actually like wanted to wanted get to employees in this step. way. Yeah. They wanted to directly add the users like you do in traditional systems. So the, I suppose one aspect to, to think about was, with that feature, it was a lot bigger than what we initially anticipated. Like, we thought that we could solve the problem with a small implementation, but turns out when we showed it to users, they needed a lot more functionality to actually use that part of the feature. Yeah, because they, they were using Seek and these other tools, yep. and a lot of companies are that are hiring have some external third-party thing. Yep. So it was actually something that was, yeah, maybe premature. Yeah we didn't un- fully understand the market or yeah. Yeah, that's right. I don't think it was massive in terms of the amount of work that we had to do for it. Cause actually not that much was removed really. Yeah. It did evolve a little bit. I think it might've, uh, it did impact the way we started designing the app too, but cause then we started uh, modeling things in a different way. Didn't we? Yeah. So the modeling is a lot simpler now. It's, a, it's essentially like a traditional web app. <laughs> yeah. Everyone thinks they're special yeah. at the beginning and then they realize they're just the same as everyone else. Yeah, just uh, a few forms. Yeah. We're, a few web forms and you save it in the DB. <laughs> that's, that's us. Yeah. When you, yeah, you mold it to like one specific use case, you also lose any flexibility. Yeah. And that's our thing is our flexibility for businesses. That's right. And then, so that was evident to you when you started. So, so this feature was impacting well, I was trying something to map else out. you were working on. I was trying to map out like at which point does a person, like are they authorized to see data? Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, if you, so we essentially we had uh, uh, administrators or business roles, we call them. Uh, we had employees, hirees and applicants, right? 
So that was a lot of states to like check. And not only do you have to check, are they in those states, but also what are their previous states mm. and which of those states and what states, you know, allows me to view something. It's yep. a t- it's state upon state. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the, yeah. The simpler system is easier to secure. So yeah. Which uh, in and our it, industry is very important. It's easier to hold the mental model too for everyone involved, I think. Yeah. Even I found myself when I was demoing it, sometimes people would ask me a question and because they pitched it in a different way, it would like throw me off a little bit. And I'm like, oh, actually, so like you have to do it like this. And uh, I'm like, yeah. And then I, that's when I started getting the feeling. I'm like, yeah, this isn't quite right. Like, yep. We also had um, some confusion with the middle part. So hirees were also. So when someone was hot, like when, when they applied and then they were successfully hired, you yeah. click a button, yeah. they get a notification, they yeah. get a workflow. Yeah. That thing had like that. Remember how we wanted to change a part of it, but we were like flip-flopping on yeah. like the assigned workflow for that hiree. Yeah. That was another clue that maybe we didn't understand what the feature was. Yeah, or that's true. What the value was. Yeah, because we we designed it one way and then we said, no, that's wrong. Let's do it this way. I think I said that to you. I'm like, no, can we change it? And you're like, yeah, okay, let's change it. And then I, like two weeks, three weeks later, I'm like, can you change it back? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone said they don't like it. <laughs> and then I felt bad. I'm like, oh shit. Like, and I realized the impact of making decisions. That's what happens when you're a product manager, Frank. Welcome to your new life. And now I'm like, uh, I'm very reserved on <laughs> what, I, what I say that like, I think because- Don't offend the software developers. Well, you're no, very it, finicky. No, because it, it affects everyone's- uh, bias on how they think the, pro- the feature should work. Yeah. And then, because you get that like, you get groupthink, I think. I think you get the groupthink. Yes. You can't help it because you're working as a team and then, you know, if, if people don't always challenge your ideas, it's very easy to go down a path and then you realise, oh, it's not quite right. So, I'm, so now whenever a, a, a solution gets floated, I'm always like, yep, sounds good, but... My next question is, can it be done a different way? Like, have we thought of all the different ways it can be done? But then at the same time, you don't want to think about it too much because then you, you don't, don't build do anything. anything. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like a catch-22. It's like, remember think, when we had Ash on? Too much. A few episodes ago, we had Ash on. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just like a gut feeling. <laughs> like that was essentially what I got. I think he's it. right. Yeah. I think he's right. You can only go with you. You just take in, you've got all these data points around you. And somewhere in your brain, you're like processing them all. And then, yeah, you just got some instinct which says, I think this is, I think this is the path forward. Let's just try it. And um, well, this goes to some of your other points. We, we probably get into that a bit later, but um, when you make a decision, is it going to be a decision which is going to have a major impact and send you on a path that's unchangeable? Yeah, you can't migrate from. You can't migrate. Yeah. But luckily, the whole thing was built in a way that it didn't really matter. We great, didn't lose any data. Great architecture. That's right. Software architecture, not just infrastructure. The, com- the conversation was funny, but because it was like, <laughs> hey, do you, do you guys like this feature? Ah, uh, not really. Yeah, it's not working. Should we pull it out? Yeah, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't much of a process. We didn't really go to the board. No. No. But, but I feel we like- We all it, knew it had to come out at that point. I knew that it felt weird and that people were feeling a little bit weird about it. Yep. And then I knew that customers weren't quite grasping onto what it was intended for. And then there were also other tools. And then I was thinking about like, how do we integrate these tools? And I was like, this is like another 
feature. This yeah. is not not like a feature, but like this is a product essentially yeah. that we should be integrating with, not like in baking into the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it could just be because we're also trying to do something that's very generic. Which part's generic? Our our application. Oh yeah. Like we're trying to be as generic as possible. Oh yeah. We're taking that approach. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's an issue with business is that everyone has a different idea of how it should be run. And um, everyone's got these nuanced details of how they do things. And then if you want to modernize these people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because typically what, a, what I've been finding is that people just want to replicate what they do already digitally. That's the first step. Yeah. If you ask them to change their ways of working, it's too, the change is too much. Yeah. For the whole organization to do in one step. So that's like uh, baby steps. What's, yeah. the, what's the minimum? It's kind of like... You it's know a what? transformative piece of software in a way. It's, it's actually changing the organization. It is. And it's, it's probably a similar process to what we go through with software development. It's like, what is the most minimal change I can make which will improve the organization but not change it in such a way that we can't migrate away from it easily? Yeah. That's their biggest fear. That's pro- oh, yeah, they're having the same they're having value the same, discussion. They're having the same discussion that we're having. Like We're like the same people, business owners. We should just bring them in for the product meeting and say, okay, what do you <laughs> yeah. guys want? We'll round table it. Round table it, yeah. And then they'll say, we want to like manage our applications. <laughs> can we have like a, a TikTok feed for our applications? Yeah, that, no, I'd do that. <laughs> Maybe that'd be the killer feature. I think so. It's what everyone in this market's missing. Yeah, that human resources were coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was glad everyone was on board with the change and it, it wasn't too stressful for the team. Yeah. I think... Uh, and then the actual, like, the actual deletion and everything is... Uh, how long did it take? Under a day. It was done. So. But you were so motivated to do it. I could, you were like... But by the time you made the phone call, you already... I, ha- I was actually already started deleting. You had yeah. <laughs> like, better just run this past everyone. <laughs> okay, good, I'll keep going. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, do we need to like contact the customers and everything and go through a list? And yeah. nah. Luckily, we only have people who are friendly. We have our friendly first adopters right now. So. Yeah, foundation members. We have our foundations club. Feel free to call in. Call Frank's mobile number. You can join the Foundations Club. Mobile numbers are in the app, my direct number, so you can call me. Yeah. But um, so after after we done that, after we ripped out the feature, I thought to myself, okay, maybe we need to uh, work out some kind of system around how we do our features. Because up till now, because we work so closely and we talk to each other so much, Everything's kind of worked, hasn't it? Like we, yeah. we don't really have a structured approach, but at the same time, we don't just uh, we we know what we know what the typical approach is in terms of like say Scrum kind of yeah methodologies, but we've kind of tweaked it to our own ways of working, haven't we? Yeah. Well, I think um, I think most of the issues that these sort of agile frameworks try to solve are communications issues, mm. but. Uh, you know, most of the stuff we do, we don't have many communications issues because the software, like, it's actually designed in a way to minimize the requirement for communication, I would think. Yeah. Because everything, the compiler sort of tells you what to do. We don't need to communicate about the code that much. No. If I just point someone in the relative direction, I feel like anyone can do anything. I find most of our discussions are more about, okay. Products. Products, like, yeah. let's define what the user is trying to do. And let's define what the app is going to do. 
I feel like our implementation, we we just execute that very easily. Yeah, but that those I, the execution is the thing that I think those Scrum meetings are more for, because the product manager comes to those meetings already knowing what they want to implement. Yeah, right. They they have the list of features from their stakeholders and they show up uh, okay. and they'll they'll talk and like if someone's like, no, nah, this is dumb, they'll they'll go back. But gotcha. otherwise, they're coming with the product. Yeah. So I don't know if any agile framework even gives us any advantage. Yeah. We already have visibility into the tickets that people are working on because we use Trello yeah. with very basic tickets. Mm. Draw the rest of the owl tickets. Yeah, that's another <laughs> that's another issue. Sort of an issue. I it raised a, I raised a few tickets where it was just like I think yeah, actually I raised a, I raised the tickets like do deputy integration. Yeah. Do zero integration. <laughs> One sprint. <laughs> Go. <laughs> And then um, I realized at the end, I'm like, probably not ideal. Let's have the, and you raised that too. Like, yeah, if you've got input for what the implementation should be, talk about it up front. Don't talk about it after because then rework just pisses people off. Yeah. So uh, no more, no more draw the owl tickets. Well, draw the owl tickets are fine. The only reason why I think that was an issue is because like, yeah, you, you were in Canberra, so you weren't um, doing any of the features. So you didn't have the, like for you, that feature would have felt fuzzy at some point. Yeah, and then you could have said, oh, this f- feels fuzzy. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with it though. I, think, no. I don't think it's particularly confusing. What? The, the deputy and zero test that we have. No, it's not. No. no. Works fine. It ended up getting there. Yeah. It's there. Yeah, it works. Um, but all our tickets since then, I haven't, I haven't raised any more of those. I've, no, <laughs> untagged one one sentence tickets. Yeah, but we've been we do. Um, I'm always a fan of kickoffs instead of like code review as well. Yeah, whenever possible. Obviously, uh, you do have to do code review as well to make sure. Well, the thing I like about talking about upfront is uh, three heads are better than one. Yeah, and I, I know for myself, if I start communicating. Uh, what I think the feature should be to you guys, you guys will pick up on things and then question what I'm saying. And then it's like, oh, actually, yeah, I haven't thought about that. Or sometimes uh, internal biases, you don't realize your own internal biases. And then when you start to share your idea, it's quite obvious like, yeah, actually we need to accommodate this in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. But um, I think um, having a three person development team is very different to most organizations though. Yeah, this three. is, yeah. Three is good, but because it's uh, you got the tiebreaker. Yeah, once you some type like we don't always oh, you, agree with each other. You got to have three, five. It's good. Yeah, or seven. Imagine how I get tiebroken all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting absolutely raked on the tiebreaking. <laughs> no one wants to agree with me anymore. In the beginning, I was always the one being agreed with, and now no one agrees with me. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Are my opinions worse? Am I worse? <laughs> I think we're moving into a different phase of the product as well. Yeah, that's true. We've, uh, we've definitely, MVP is done and now it's, there's a lot of optimizations. We've well, pretty we, much done two MVPs. We have. Yeah. And we can see there's optimizations to be made and now it's kind of like, uh, you raised this point before, it's like, yeah, we've got features to build, but you're still doing a trade-off. You're deprioritizing other work that needs to be done. Yeah. Like there's, a large scope of work that needs to be done now. So you can't just, 
in the beginning, it was just like, yep, get it up. It's easy. Yeah. Like it was very, the path forward was very clear. Yeah. And now it's like, Except okay. before, uh, before API client existed. Except before then. Do you remember those three weeks or so? Was it two weeks? I don't remember how long it was. I think me and Joseph were just writing our own TypeScript. It felt like an stage. eternity. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could feel like the, uh, the pressure from you guys at the end. <laughs> we didn't have the like integration point. And I didn't build that first. I built that sort of last because I wanted to make sure that everything was hanging because yep. I wasn't sure if even the serverless thing was going to work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so Joseph and I were just writing the front-end components, just making up our own types just and interfaces. Guessing. Interface, yeah. It was okay. We got there. It actually worked out fine. It did. And then the types mostly lined up. They did. And then ever since then, API clients ahead. So, Yes. Yeah. That's the key to the speed of delivery, isn't it? Well, that or the person who builds it has to, the back end always has to be ahead of front end or it has to be full stack. Yeah. But we we typically do, oh, you'll pick up a a feature sometimes and do the whole thing front to back. Yeah, I do that. But I'm like, the thing is when you're like, what do I I have to consider? Like I have a much higher testing burden because I have more security concerns. Mm. I have a much higher burden on data because if, we can change the front end at any point to yep. whatever we want. But uh, if the data, we can't just say like, oh, the data should now have this additional field no. that we should have been collecting. Yeah. And there's like- there's Well, we many, can, but then what's the repercussions of doing that? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So there's much more, I think, consequence for what I, so like me, like going into and, and like tuning the CSS, I actually, if I wasn't doing the like security and yep. like the data uh, validation, then probably would be doing more of that. But yeah. Since I have to do all that, most of my front-end features are just like shitty drop-downs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of them looked horrible. <laughs> I deleted you, that feature you though. You knew it as well. Actually, yeah, yeah we did. That's, so, so that problem solved. Exactly. You Didn't knew even it as matter. well. You're like, hey, look at this. Look. I said, it's ugly. Uh, can at, one of you guys do it later? Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> I actually pointed to it. Because yeah. the thing was, it was like- oh, we're, we're all aware that we can- uh, It's just a matter of time, isn't it? It's yeah. like, how much time do you spend on something? Yeah. And uh, where are you going to get the value? Okay, it's a bit ugly. It does the job. As long as it's communicating what it should be doing or if, even if it's poorly communicating it, but if you show, show someone how to use it, then they can move forward with it. That's fine. Yeah. You know what we need? What? Component library. 100%. Design system. We need our own one. Yeah. We'll do it. It'll happen. It'll be designed except for front end. Oh, Front-end designed. Mm. Designed as my open source library yeah. for uh, TypeScript types. So we'll have to do a front-end one and a back-end one. Yeah. FE designed. FE dash designed. Mm. I like it. You better uh, get that package quickly before someone else gets it. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to take it, okay. honestly. <laughs> It'll be fine. I'm surprised you got designed. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, well, it doesn't really describe what... I don't even know how to describe the library. You need to be more witty on the front-end, I feel. Yeah. Get one of those nice witty package names. Like Axios. Axios. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty witty. Pretty good. But with our new features going forward, what's our new strategy? Okay, we've worked out. So we've worked out how not to build features. Have we? I think we've done a pretty good job so far. Well, we've worked out in terms of, uh, we've learned a lot about if something's not feeling right partway through. Yeah. We need to have a look at it. Yeah. But how do we, uh, going forward now, what's the, what's the strategy building features? 
Well, we've got the designer back on now because we had a – actually, that's the other thing. We didn't have a, de- a designer for so a long time. So everything was very ad hoc. Yeah. Yeah. You could taste the – what like, would you call it design debt? Is that what designers <laughs> design call it? Design debt, yeah. yeah. You can taste the design debt in the app. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Joseph was uh, – I, I was, I was uh, slinging some pretty bad designs. Joseph cleaned a lot of stuff up. He did. He did – he done a great the job, hero. actually. Yeah. <laughs> he actually put effort into because I, I knew that I didn't have the ability to make it look great, so I just gave up. I'm like, it's well, not going to look great. Luckily, a lot of human resources software looks like ass, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. we just have to look like slightly less ass, <laughs> and we'll be fine. Just a nice ass. Yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be great. But uh, so, what's the next feature coming up? Well, notifications and licenses. That's right, certifications. Certifications. Wrong term. Yeah. Unfortunately, all of our design, we've said licenses instead of certifications, so we're probably just going to say I think licenses. it's just a syllable for me because it's licenses is three and then certifications is five. It's like, uh, it takes too long. It's tough. It's a tough life. We'll have to leave it as licenses. Yeah. <laughs> too many syllables. Australians can't say it. <laughs> they already have a very limited vocabulary. Yeah. Or just a brief. Can't even say McDonald's, it's Maccas. Yeah, that's right. Ugh. Uh yeah, so notifications, you wanted to talk about that feature. What's going on there? What is going on? What are we, what are we talking? Yeah, the, well, what happened? We, uh, we're just sort of like discussing. I think this is one of the things that I've been pushing back on is too many notifications to the user. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not notifications, but like email, like direct emails. Yeah, sure. I think, uh, you know, for our sender rating, less emails is better. And also for like... What is it with emails? Emails. Yeah. It's a chaotic system. Yeah. It's so archaic yeah. and so crazy. And there's so many like little things you can cut yourself on that you don't even realize. Yeah, I can taste the trepidation whenever emails gets mentioned yeah. and you're in the room. <laughs> well, the thing is, it, it's a bit like being shadow banned when you get added to a list. Ah. And then, because what will happen is you'll just get like bounces or nothing at all. Maybe it'll just be filtered. And then what happens? Nothing. You just... Your emails aren't getting delivered. No one can log in. No one can reset their password. That's the scary part. But uh, it's fine. I mean, besides that, it's fine. <laughs> Our users can't log in, but hey. Yeah. So we, we were just, um, I, I think what, what we've been talking about is just um, moving some stuff to be like direct emails instead of the way that I implemented notifications is the way that I've implemented it before, which is every hour or so we send out uh, batches of emails that have the notifications that have happened yep. within a buffer of that hour. But I think uh, the other great thing that you planned ahead for was that uh, it's a notification. So a notification could be anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be an email. Maybe it could be a push notification or an email or an SMS or, yep. or a notification to the actual app itself. So that's, so it's we'll have to configure notification uh, yeah. preferences eventually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's good that you've... Good chair squeaking. You've already planned that. Because if you've if you done the naive implementation, it would be a lot harder in the future. Yeah. This one's... This is the optimal This is solution. the optimal. This is... Yeah. The, this is a great one. Yeah, yeah. The only, the only thing is... Uh, yeah. What? Will we be shadow banned? Probably not. Ah. I don't want to scare anyone. I'm not here to fearmonger. <laughs> are we going to be shadow banned? <laughs> He's looking directly at me. So <laughs> no, we've got fine. it on the risk register. Emails how many, are on how the many risk emails register. could people possibly send? 
Not that many. There's other bigger risks to deal with. It's fun. It's always risk in software development, especially these days. There's always risks. Risks in everything. It's not about having zero risks. It's about, uh, you know, Managing mitigating the them. risks, yeah. yeah. That's why we've got the risk register. Have you ever had a talk from, uh, what do they call them? Risk management people? What, what do you call the chief risk officer? Chief risk officer, CRO? Okay, yep. yeah. No, I haven't, but yeah. what happens? Uh, every company does it when it's in like a uh, like an audited. Ah. Like mental health is yep. one of the ones that I worked in and yep. then finance and yeah, all this. It's uh, probably like a risk, risk assessment type thing. Yeah, so they have to communicate to the business and everything. And so they, they give you that lecture of like, it's not about removing risk. It's about mitigating and notifying. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, risk isn't my responsibility. It's your responsibility, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is very good. I understand why you make 300 grand a year. <laughs> the ultimate delegator. They just come in to scare everyone. They just come in once a year to scare everyone. And then God knows what they do the rest of the year. Maybe talk well, to an auditor. Yeah, they've got their 300K. They can just mosey on through at that stage. I've seen them mosey on through. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, a, let's face it, it's just a template that you can apply to every business. Pretty much, yeah. It's an Excel spreadsheet it's with, Excel with spreadsheet. like red and yellow on yeah, it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just give everything a number. Oh, this is a bit high. That's oh, all men- I've seen. Mental health. Oh, we better just raise it a little bit here. Australia, bit here. Australian businesses are so risk averse. Yeah, yeah. I feel like United States businesses don't have this as much as much of a concern as Australian ones do. Yeah, because America. The government's was, more like invasive here in a way. America was uh, born from the Wild West, where there's right. no rules. Yeah. So like everyone's like, rules. no, fuck it. <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna do it. And if someone complains, we'll figure it out from That's there. Right. Yeah. Where whereas everyone here is like, oh my God, what if like we're talking about like adding a form field <laughs> to like a, a tax deck and like everyone's like, No, it's not possible. It's like what if someone complains to the ATO? Yeah. Yeah. So risk averse. Which is fine. I don't have an issue with it. No, we just got to manage it. We've, yeah, it's got to be managed. It's, part of, it's part, of, uh, part of running the business. Yeah. And then the license feature is coming up as well. But the license feature, we took a bit of a, a different approach because the designer's back now. So he actually designed the whole thing. Which is great. So we went through a process of figuring out what it is the business is trying to solve. Mm. We came up with a list of 10 sort of basic requirements. Yep. Handed it off to him. Yeah, Joseph Joseph done that session. I yep. forget what he called it, but Yeah. He was like we were so first we outlined like what the user's trying to do and then how we think they might do it. And then yeah, yep. by the end of it we had like an actual what list their objectives of, are and everything. Yeah, we had and then a list we of requirements. Out what we would need to actually solve that. Yeah. And then uh, And then I just gave that to the designer. And the designer came up with UX goals. Yeah. And uh, the UX goals were very nice. I, I agree with him. Mm. One of like the number one goal was like as as the business, I want to make sure that I am compliant. And then like it was very interesting to see because you could actually see the UX requirements directly outlined in like what the design ended up being. Yeah. Well the design yeah. is the very last very professional. There's one thing I've realized is design is the very last piece of the puzzle. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, the, I think it depends. Des- I think you could start either way. The design is just communicating your goals. Yeah. So well, first you need to like work a out what, what your goals are. Wall? Oh, that's true. Yeah. If you don't know what, you, what you're trying to achieve, it's a bit hard to design something. I suppose you always have to like have like a noun to describe what it is that you're doing Nouns are good. before you yeah. do anything. <laughs> we don't have the neural link yet, so we can't just- Hello, think- Stephen. We would like feature for our product. <laughs> <laughs> 
please draw a feature please, on board. Please make money making feature. Yes, we are looking for lots of money. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the the success of the app relies on this feature. Please make it profitable. Yes, a profitable feature. If it if it gives us money, that's even better. Thank you. So we done. I, we handed him the requirements for the designs. He went away. Uh, gave us some. I would say they're really good designs. Yeah. And then we went through them today and we actually went through step by step and, and looked at the users' jobs that had to be done and made sure that we could achieve all those goals. We, like we referenced what the users were trying to do at, at the same time we referenced our initial list of uh, requirements. Yeah. And then we had to validate. Now that we had like the, uh, I suppose we could have done like a wireframing session previously. Mm. If we had uh, like a designer on staff, I think we would do like a, a sit down and like have them actually wireframe out the whole thing. Yeah. Like as we go, instead of like making the the sketch mockups, mm. but because we would have seen those edge cases that we caught, but there's like that, that review process after you have the design, because yeah. once the UI is there, you can sort of see like, oh, actually this isn't possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to say that before. I find it very hard to, to visualize a feature. Yeah. To fully build a feature without a design. Right. You just make it in text. Text, text only. Yeah. It's fine. Just build an API. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> There's literally a, no other purpose for me existing. Well, I keep the API running. If you think about it, the API is the most efficient interface. It is. Only 17 millisecond response time, Frank. <laughs> so all we need... It's what, the fastest of anywhere I've worked. What we should be doing is training people how to send requests rather than training them how to use our UI. That'd be way better. Yeah. They've, got, they've already got the content type, you know, header. Maybe people can just learn to type JSON requests. Yeah, maybe we should just be building an API builder, like a, an API interface builder. Do you think anyone... No. Are you talking about a no-code code tool? That's a sin. <laughs> if there's no code, it's not software. It's a no-code API client. It's called client. Oh, yeah, yeah. no-code API client. That's a good idea. No-code API client. Yeah. What? Yeah, so the users can... Uh, can send a curl request and they don't need to know how to use curl. Oh, right. Yes. We just yeah. train them how to interact with our API. Do you like all those no code tools that are supposed to like? It's fake news, isn't it? It is fake news. I agree. I just wanted you to say that so I could say that. <laughs> yeah, I love those no code tools. They're so good. Aren't we moving towards that? What do you mean? For what? Yeah, we're going to start using no code. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Under no circumstances. <laughs> no code is just tech debt. With a nice UI. <laughs> but uh, actually, you know, one thing, because um, I've been talking to a few designers about building a, a marketing slash landing page for the app, and a lot of them use like Webflow. Now, yeah. Webflow is super popular. Yeah. Would you call that a no-code tool? Mm, it's not like a API and it's not really rendering a front end. Like I feel like that's something that's fine. It, it's not dynamic. Mm. Like there's not that much software behind it. Mm probably still be an issue eventually. The second you want to add something to it, you need to like pull it out. But Webflow is half and half because you can actually get the actual code from it. Ah, uh, yeah. But then it's generated and it's like shitty and not yeah. really readable. So I don't know. It's good for designers, but... Yeah. Because the thing about uh, when the designers are uh, trying to build like a website, for example, they use Webflow to be part of the iteration process so they can... As a team, they can like build things out and just keep improving them through yep. Webflow. Yeah. And whatever, whatever Webflow is outputting, the whole team can uh, 
can kind of give feedback on. Whereas if you do just a traditional wireframing. UI tool though. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I would consider it. Do people actually use the code that Webflow spits out there? I don't know. If, can you, maybe you can just deploy a Webflow app. How does it work? I don't even know. I, you can deploy it. You can yeah. just say deploy. But yeah. um, like if you were building a product, would you actually, I can't imagine like, what would you do? The process would be copy paste the Webflow generated HTML markup out, put paste it into your React doc and then insert I don't know. You'd probably just deploy it from Webflow, wouldn't you? Yeah. Why would you bother mucking around? No, but if you had an API call anywhere, what are you going to do? You're going to write the script tag. What if all the content's dynamic? Ah, then you need Gatsby. Yeah, but then it's, yeah, you got to get rid of the no code tool. So then, you gotta I don't get, know. then we're back to square one. Tech debt, I told you. Yep. See, I, I told you I'd prove it was tech debt. I didn't say <laughs> that. But. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. Landing pages typically don't have dynamic. I suppose unless it's got the blog on there. The blog's dynamic. It's not, got a blog. Yeah, but you normally use like a hosted service. I'm sure Webflow probably has Webflow blogs if, if they do that. Well, they're competing with WordPress, so you would assume so. I used to want to be a designer. I used to use Webflow. Yeah. Design is cool. Right. But the thing with Webflow is it's like it's HTML, but harder to write because um, you have to like know what the names are and then click the buttons instead of just typing out what what it is that you want it to be. Yeah. It's not like you can reuse bits. So Maybe the animations are a bit easier, are they? Oh, they definitely are. Yeah, if you want to do cool animations and sl- scroll yeah. in effects and stuff like that. Yeah. The CSS. That's true. The challenging part. So that's how we're building all of our new features, Webflow. Webflow. We're dumping React. It really, it's too much work, really. Surely, I, I'm I, replacing you in Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> I did see there is uh, some tools to like build React components now. Yeah, do you know like, um, uh, Framer? Wizzy, Wizzy is it Framer? Or? Framer, yeah. Uh, oh, is that what that does? There's an animation tool yep. uh, that lets you build like React and it exports JSX. Ah. Yeah, it's but, quite interesting. But you're probably going to get the same thing where it's not entirely it's okay, optimized. Actually. Like they're not big, these little animations that you make. It's not like you're animating the whole page. So it's like, it's fine. Yeah. It, it's a bit like making an SVG, but instead of it being an SVG, it's like a React JSX. Yeah. It's nice actually. Yeah. Well, it would be nice uh, if you are designing your front end and then you've got the component React component builder, you could like mock up some components and go show them to the team and go, hey, I'm going to build it like this. What do you think? And then on the fly, it would be nice to be able to take the feedback and do it and then the component's finished. Yeah. But it doesn't work like that. When would you just do the component though? That sounds like you want a prototyping tool. Prototyping, yeah. Yeah. Prototyping tools I love though. Yeah. I love the like the click-through. Like That's a great way to validate because you can actually essentially mimic, mimic the UI. Like uh, XD or something? Is that what you mean? Or? Yeah, what did I use? XD does have a prototype. Uh, also, what is it? Envision or yep. the Envision one? Envision, yeah, that Envision one's quite app. nice. Yeah, and uh, we used one. What's that one that we Marvel used? app? That one's not very good. That no, kept crashing. Yeah, and also it's very ugly. If you're listening to us, Marvel app, fix your app. Yeah, the ugliness might be because we. I think the, the ugliness is my fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can probably make perfectly nice looking apps. <laughs> I think but, it can. Yeah. Sketch also. Sketch is actually my favorite by far. Ah, yeah. Sketch is way easier to do prototyping. But Sketch is only Mac. Mac. So I don't, I'm on Arch Linux. Mm. 
just by the way, if anyone didn't know I'm on Arch Linux, I also use Vim. (laughs) (laughs) Not that that makes me cooler than anyone else, (laughs) but it might mean that I'm smarter than I was waiting for that. Do you think that's a limitation on Sketch? Do you reckon they should move to web-based? No. Or some people probably like it for that reason, to be I, a native app. I went to, um, so I, I started at uh, Billy Blue, a design yep. college, and yep. I did a, about a year there. There was, uh, everyone had a MacBook, every last person. Yep. There was one person who had a Windows computer and literally every teacher and student bullied the guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was the one thing everyone was like perfectly fine to make this guy feel shit for. It was like the fact that he was running Windows. And then he, because he, I don't think he could afford a MacBook. Okay. And then he installed Ubuntu because he was like, oh, well, Linux is like sort of similar to MacBook. Yep. And then he told the teacher and I think she just bullied him again. <laughs> so. Well, that's what happened to me at the boot camp. That's true. You got bullied into Macs as well. I rocked up day one. With software. I had like this, it was a relatively new, nice Microsoft Surface laptop. It was probably like a year old or something. And I rocked up. I'm like, yep, got a new laptop. I'll be fine. And then I think pretty sure at the beginning of the boot camp, they recommended a MacBook. I'm like, no, no, Windows is okay. I like, yeah. win- I like Windows. I use Windows. Do and you still like Windows? I don't mind it, but I'm used to the Mac now. Yeah. But then day one, I was like, got nothing done. Day two, got nothing done. Day three, the course convener's like, don't worry, we're going to help you soon, Frank. We're going to help you get Rails set up. At the end of the day, I'm like, am I going to be going through this pain all the time? <laughs> He's like, yeah, pretty much. So I just went straight and bought a Mac after that. Lucky I had the money in the bank. That was them was, peer pressuring you into... Uh, well, I wanted to get the value out of the boot camp. I didn't want to be mucking around trying to get Ubuntu running. Yeah. I would not have helped you with that problem. No, I you would have be been like, like, <laughs> I would have been like, just sorry. get a different operating system, yes. please. Well, that was the, that was actually the easiest way out anyway. It really was. Yeah. But, um, all these features that we've been coming up with, we've, we've worked out this other pattern. You've highlighted this a few times, yeah. delaying the unchangeable decisions. That's what I'm all about. I love it. Yeah. I've had that mindset for a while and I, I never actually knew that I was thinking in that way. But then when you said it the other day, I'm like, wow, this is, this is right up my alley. I love this. There's a lot of things like that that are unchangeable. Mm. Uh, anything that affects like your data that's stored potentially could cause something that is unchangeable because you have some regulatory compliance. It could be that uh, it's unchangeable also because of like time constraints. Mm. Like if you choose a database that, you know, is new or you choose a new piece of technology uh, because you think you're solving some problem that you don't actually have yet and potentially you're like solving the wrong problem yeah, and then wasting a whole bunch of time that you'll have to then pivot out of, Mm. which uh, I think we've discussed this before, but my role in software companies typically ends up being the guy who makes the pivot which yep. is not fun. <laughs> like I don't like migrating old systems onto new technology, but yep. that's what, or not old systems. Actually, it's not even old systems. It's like the new hip technology. Yep. I end up migrating that backwards yep. to like <laughs> the boring garbage. <laughs> it should be the other way, shouldn't it? Use what you know works. And then if that's not giving you what you need, then think about maybe changing it. Yeah. You get two innovation tokens. Yeah. And you have to validate those uh, innovation tokens before you use them. Don't just use them on AppSync. Okay, AppSync and GraphQL, done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
the, the unchangeable decision thing leads into product as well. Yeah. Because uh, in our new license feature, we surfaced a lot of, uh, how would you say, like the vision, the vision for the feature, we, we discussed it today, like where it could possibly end up. But then at the same time, we realized, okay, let's just rein it right back, do the bare minimum and get it in front of users. Because we don't even know if any, genuinely, we don't know if anyone's going to use it. Yep, that's right. I've implemented a lot of features that I was told are like the fucking killer feature that are then never used. Yeah. One person clicks it once. (laughs) I don't think that's the case with this one. I do genuinely think this is. I think they will too. But it's, it's good to put it in front of people because when you have the conversation of how they're using it, it, it makes your next decision so much clearer. Yeah. The next step you have to take. It removes the fuzz. It does. Yeah. So if we, can, uh, if we can remove a bit of that fuzz each time. Because we, ne- we don't know when we're going to take a step that will reduce the, you know, the viability of our platform to succeed. Yeah. And I've put all my life into this company. Yeah, I've got nowhere to go after this. I know. I'll be out on the street. I don't know if anyone wants to hire me after this podcast. <laughs> I talk a little bit of shit. <laughs> but then the other thing to keep in mind is, okay, if we if we use this methodology of, okay, let's delay these unchangeable decisions, it makes migrating forward things a lot easier too, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all of the... Uh, Whenever I, even, even like in the database when I'm modeling the way that data sits, I try and think of uh, if I, so for example, if you have a many-to-many relationship, you can't migrate that to a, a many-to-one relationship. It's just not, it's not really feasible. You'll have to go through and like manually delete these, these additional tables mm. and everything. You can't roll, like, there are some carpets you can, like, you know, unroll, but then can never be rolled back up. Yeah. Just like that. So try and delay those as long as possible is yep. one. But um, Keep your carpet rolled. There's also a bit of, like, I, I don't delay every decision because no. I do have, like, a very good idea of some stuff that is going to happen. Yeah. And that's something I think. Well, you still have to do shit. Like, you can't just... No, but I mean, every, you can't, you don't go forward if you delay like, every decision. Uh, you know how in the beginning you were like, oh, we'll never have, like, not that we'll never have, but you were like, oh, we should only implement like business users for like one. The business actually is the user was yeah. the initial design. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like we need to do something more robust. Mm. And so like my, it like, obviously it's not, it would be impossible for us to migrate from what we have mm. back to like the user is the business. But like my instincts told me. Mm just from being around no, that was good systems yeah. is that that's not viable yeah. for a product. Yeah. So there are some cases. Well, this is what I mean about my internal biases. Like uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen it mapped in that way before. So I didn't know that that was a possibility. And then we would have hit that block and then we would have been like, oh shit, actually. Yeah, we probably would have been fucked at that point because that would have taken a while because uh, yeah, that would have taken a while because uh, I would have had to re-implement some of the auth stuff and I would have had to re-implement some of the like authorization stuff. But because I sort of already saw that it's like, it's going to be a multi-tenant service. Yeah. We're going to have users. It was pretty easy to move forward mm. with that new requirement that was unseen no, that was as good. of yet. Yeah. That's why you're a big CTO. 
CTO brain energy. You've got to foresee these things. But the thing is, you I'm didn't just even a dumb know product. that I did it. I'm just a dumb product, man. I just <laughs> go, I want the button here and the I want it is, to do this. You can lie to your product managers if you really have to. <laughs> <laughs> if someone's like, no, don't waste the time. They don't know how long it takes you to build a feature. Yeah, that's true. Because like, I get coffee like six times a day. So. <laughs> they don't really know. So if there's something that you can put in and you really think, if it's not going to fuck you over, obviously, yeah, like that. Yeah. then model your data in the way that makes the most sense Yes, going forward. Just up the estimates. Yeah. Well, we don't estimate anything anyway, so it's fine. I sort of just like look at him like, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's like a day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We definitely don't do... I've know, got a bit of an idea. Maybe we should estimate things, do you think? Or? No, definitely not. No. All of the, I think we, what I was saying before is that the reason why you have those scrum, like one of the, re- the benefits of that, scrum communicates what's happening to the rest of the business. Yep. We're the whole business... Uh, who else are we communicating yeah, to? Yeah, that's true. So why, like, if you need to know when a ticket is going to be, like, do, like when you can expect it, you just ask me. Yeah. But otherwise, nothing's taken more than if the ticket is If the ticket is clear, if, we, if we've really honed in on what the ticket is, then normally I'll see it and I'll be like, yeah, that's, like, I'll know roughly how long it'll take. But yeah. when they're the big, when it's just the integrate deputy ticket, I've got no idea. Yeah. So it's probably not an ideal ticket. Either break it down more or... Yeah, but that's a tough one because you, it's not like you would have known because it's also somewhat of a technical yeah, task. I, well, I didn't even... So until yeah, I started I didn't know using what the implementation. The yeah, yeah, we didn't know what the implementation of their API. I think what I got to is probably the, the semi-ideal solution yeah, yeah. For, for our existing setup. Yeah. yeah. But uh, like, well, the no, thing is, you had to interact with the API. We discovered stuff after we got into Prod. Yeah, like it, it's not actually possible. You had to interact with the API to work out what the feature should be. Yeah, yeah, because it's a it's an API level integration. So, so maybe you, if it was like if we're working in a larger organization, you might have spiked that first. Yeah, and then made a ticket from. That. I essentially did spike it. Yeah, and then but I didn't make a ticket. I like the spike. Then you just became, you just do it. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think we discussed. I write the like API yeah. client for zero or for deputy yeah. and then I go from there so that's like my test of like what actually can I send mm. and and then what based on the data that I can send and receive what can I do mm. but then you know with these sort of things it's what do you think about um one of the one of the issues with integrating with these APIs is that like you have to learn the whole product mm. to understand what's valuable that's the difficult yeah. part part yeah. yeah knowing like there's like half of it is like knowing what you can technically send to these other services. And then the other part is like, what is actually valuable to the business yeah. to get in and what do we expect? Yeah. For example, I didn't expect for us to be doing like the super syncing mm. to, uh, to zero. Mm. Like that was a sort of like somewhat of a curveball because I hadn't validated that data. Mm. So I, I then had to go back and yeah, mm. redo it just because like, I, I don't even know, but I like, at some point I thought I heard like uh, it's on the responsibility of the business. Yeah. Like I think we had some discussion. It, may, yeah, it was probably not intended to be for that, but because we didn't discuss the feature fully That's right. We beforehand. didn't get into it deeply enough. Yeah. Because all I, all I thought was, oh, I make the employee in zero and then that'll be very good. Yeah. But then it ended up being- You've got to reduce those, uh, those um, bits of knowledge where we're on- we're both not 100% clear. When, when you're both like, yeah. if you both, the, the more clear everyone is on what the implementation is. I think it's partially because, yeah, you were gone and then we weren't talking as much because I was right. in the office. Yeah. Normally we're in the office together and we like discuss things yeah, at least once right. a week. Yeah. 
Whereas that the like we you've been you're you're not even a programmer anymore. No, I'm a sales guy now. Frank's a fucking product manager, like salesman. Hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you too. <laughs> Do you remember we discussed? I said at some point we'll start like conflicting. <laughs> and I said no, we won't. <laughs> Here we are. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you're determined to make it happen. Yeah. I will refuse to argue. Yeah. I I, nah, I just love work- a good product tech argument though. Nah, we just. We just work things out. Yeah, we work it out. We just problem solve. I'm not emotionally offended, obviously. (laughs) But there will always be conflict between product and tech because they have two different priorities. Well, I think uh, what I realize is the more more you focus on the product, the less you understand what's happening with the technology and then your biases lean towards product side. Once you understand what is happening with the technology, then it affects your product choices. That's true. But you have to have both, really. You need to have uh, both. If the product person's in charge, you won't even get the product in the first place because they'll ask for things that aren't, e- are either aren't impossible yeah. or like don't make any sense. Yeah, some of the... Because um, the data model constrains the product as well. Yeah. The stuff that you've already built constrains the model. Yeah. Yeah. I've been asked to build features that are like physically not possible. Like laws of th- thermodynamics will not allow <laughs> me to do that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> How do you explain that to the product manager? They just want they just want the CSS to change color. Yeah. Well, normally it ends up with like, all right, look, let me tell you what I can do for you. Uh, it's yeah. like this weird shady under the table deal. Sometimes that's a good way to communicate too. Because if you have to, it might take you so long to uh, explain to them why you can't do something. Yeah. But maybe if you come up with an alternative solution, which is almost as good, but it's maybe slightly different and it's still solves the problem and it's going to save a heap of time or it's actually doable rather than not being doable. Yeah. That's always beneficial. Yeah. Don't just get spiteful and be like, all right, fuck you. I'm implementing it your way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You want I've it done like that this? before. You'll get it like this. I have been an immature little shit and, <laughs> and just like dug my heels in after I've been yelled at by a product manager and just been like, all right, fine. You know what? Oh, We're building it your way. Yeah. Product manager shouldn't be yelling. Yeah. You need to... Not every organization I've worked for has been healthy, so... Ah. Yeah. Now, you've got to keep everyone... You've got to keep the team motivated. Mm. If, you're not, if you're not vested in uh, delivering good code, if you've lost that, uh, that passion to write good code because you're angry at someone, yeah, it's no good for anyone. No. Very dumb choice. Stupid choice. Hate it. The best thing to do is never work somewhere like that, though. So... Yeah. Looking back at those points... It, it's literally just don't work there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's the mitigating. That if like on my risk factor for career, yeah. don't work bad place. But if you're, uh, if you're not enjoying writing the code, you won't write good code anyway. Oh, for sure. If, be, if I have to drag my shit. heels. Yeah. yeah. Because you've, you've already blocked yourself from writing it before you even start. You can see my squirrel energy goes in sometimes <laughs> with some features and they just, the features just appear because I'm like, oh, I like this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I literally stay up till 6 a.m. Well, deleting code. Writing the feature. Yeah, yeah deleting code I love. But, uh, Optimize everything for deletion. Actually, you know what was funny? I uh, remember, that, remember that ticket that I wrote and I'm like, oh, let's make these checkboxes, consolidate them into one checkbox. Yeah. It was the image thing. It was like, yeah. can you pick? We had all the different types of images listed. So it was like PNG, GIF, JPEG, GIF, JPEG, GIF or GIF, however you yeah. say it. And then, so I seen the tick. I 
I raise a ticket. I'm like, oh, it's not hard. We'll just combine them into one. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then, um, and then you were like, well, why do we have to do that? I'm like, oh, I think it'll just be easier. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's only like a couple of hours work. It's fine. I'll just do it. And then I hopped in there and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is React hook for Oh, wow. Shit. <laughs> this is not. And then like you had all the code written. I'm like, I don't want to delete this because it was all like, really well written and i feel like you have the idea that code is sacred some people get this idea in their no, head. i don't think that but maybe you don't but no, but the thing the th- my main concern was if i take this out and then in three or four weeks i want it back in again because someone asks for it i didn't have enough uh, i wasn't i wasn't opinionated enough on the decision that i was making yeah so when i seen the work that was required to complete it i'm like there's no way i'm going to do all this work on a guess. Yeah. I'll wait until I'm 100% sure. That's just because of our previous hiring it feature. Is. No, yeah. because, well, it's true. Like, We've just made you second guess yourself. That's true. I do agree. Like, you know, just go for it. Just see what happens. And like, yeah. if people complain, then we'll fix it. Yeah. But uh, it's, the old, it's the timing thing as well. So yeah. like, we've got limited time in the day. So let's just do things that are actually value rather than optimizations. Not little... Dangling yeah. bits. Dangling yeah. bits, yeah. It's not helpful. Yeah. Or if we really need to, maybe we just like get someone on upwork.com and hire them <laughs> and just say here. I don't think that's required. <laughs> that might be a bit much. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to teach them API client? <laughs> no, no. I'll just drop them in and be like, can you do this? Yeah. Do you think you can solve this problem? I'm sure someone will be able to do it. Can you make this checkbox, consolidate these four checkboxes into one checkbox? Yeah. But we've been planning all the, uh, all the technical stuff we've been planning really well. How's your uh, non-technical planning going? Oh, right. Because uh, you know, you're CTO now, you need to plan all these there's more non-technical things. Yeah. I'm a very technical, technically focused person. Yep. I work, you know, 15 hours a day coding and then forget to eat lunch and dinner. <laughs> so obviously in that time, I'm not stopping and doing non-technical work. So uh, I have more obligations than just programming now. And that's been, you know, it, it'd be okay if it was like management. Cause I feel like I would be able to make time for that. Cause I'd have an obligation to a human, but with stuff that's like, I suppose it makes it clear that it's not that important what I, my other responsibilities are <laughs> like in the scope of the business. But uh, there are things that we should be doing. I, I do have some uh, documents that I need to write. Yep, what are they? For compliance. Well, we need to have a, uh, like a network diagram. We need to have our oh, like, yeah. architecture mapped out. Yeah, nice. And that's not only just for that. It's also for like if I were to like die in a car accident, that would also be important. Just don't die. Have you seen my girlfriend drive? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I better put that on the risk register. <laughs> Just that statement right there. She'll, she'll never listen to the episode. She's not listening. It's too technical. But um, yeah, and then, uh, you know, the risk reg- register, I need to write that stuff up. We, we do carry some uh, risks that need to be, you know, we need to come up with mitigating factors for, and yep. they need to be at least written out. They yeah. need to be formalized. Yeah. I don't really intend on being audited and then all of a sudden trying to pull it all together. It's all in my head right now, but uh, you know, I, if I wait six months, it, it'll be out of my head. Yeah. So, yeah. It's always great to start these things 
even maybe you can't complete it all, but if you lay the framework, yeah, and you want to add to it quickly, then yeah. it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, that it's not really a, a piece of work for. I don't know. Do you prioritize that in a Trello board? I don't know. You sort of just have to do it because you you're probably, a sales uh, boy. You probably so. need to block time out for it. I've been blocking yeah. time out to do certain things. I find it very helpful. I block time from like nine p.m. nine a.m. to like six a.m. Nine what p.m. till six a.m. No, nine a.m. to six a.m. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's what I worked on uh, Friday. Ah, uh-huh, did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was awkward. That's I long, think I had a very strong coffee at that's some. That's a point. long shift. It is, but. Uh, in all those times, I like I one of my strengths and also my weaknesses that I like I get so tunnel vision on programming that I can't yeah. do anything else. Yeah, I always see like things that are not programming, bug fixing or like observing. Yeah, uh, and like tuning as yeah. not valuable. Maybe um, that's why I have no respect for fucking project managers. <laughs> <laughs> what's this spreadsheet you did? Yeah. Oh, that took you all day. That's great. <laughs> you know what's funny, but like. I assigned myself a ticket last week to do some coding and uh, it, was, it was a real struggle. It's the opposite for you now. Because what happened was I, I had uh, some non-technical things that I had to do and then for some reason my mind kept thinking about the non-technical things like let's just get them done and get them out of the way and then you can be, have a clear mind to do your coding. Yeah, you got to do all your meetings probably first thing in the morning yeah, as like, soon as possible. Need to all that... Uh, all that kind of non-technical work was blocking my ability to do the technical work. Yeah. You end up picking up the ticket for me anyway. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> I've done that twice now, I think. Yeah, I, I, was, I, I was struggling with that one. I, can, I have a sixth sense for when someone like has a ticket, but they're not actually doing it <laughs> because I'm like, they should be messaging me by now. <laughs> there should be something fucking them over by this point. Why have they not messaged me? <laughs> Yeah, but so I suppose my point is uh, if you're very focused on the technical side, it's hard to do those non-technical things. It's a very different brain. It is. Yeah. I think like the the way your brain works, or maybe it just requires adjustment. I got a growth mindset. Maybe you can do both. Maybe. I don't know. But this is why I think like managers and uh, like engineers probably shouldn't be the same thing. I would agree with that. Yeah. I don't think I would be a good manager. <laughs> because you know what I think? Especially if I was programming. Maybe if I was only managing, that'd be fine. But if I have technical brain, I literally don't even want to listen to anyone else. No. I have no pa- patience. Because you need, you need all that uh, mental capacity. I used to be a manager. To, to hold all that stuff yeah. in, your, in your mind. Yeah. And I, I, have, yeah, I, I don't have the patience for the conversations when, I, when I'm working on technical stuff. Mm. But if I have a break from the technical stuff, it's fine. Mm. But... Uh, yeah, I have an immense like tunnel vision mm. that I can't get out of when I program. Yeah. But that's why you, you can deliver a lot of code very fast. Yeah. That's, that's my value as a CTO. <laughs> that's what you want in a CTO. Lots of code. Yeah. Maybe all the other CTOs should take a note from your book. That's right. What are they doing in meetings? <laughs> Talking to auditors. They probably don't even have Arch Linux. I know. What, what operating system are they on? Do they use Vim? You know what? If I could pro- if I could find like a decent like Excel spreadsheet editor for Vim, I'd probably do all of this. I just haven't developed my like Vim tool chain. That's what you need to do. Yeah you, yeah. you need to fix that. That's the problem. See? Yeah. You need to tailor the 
I never took notes before. Problem to make your solution. And then I integrated my note-taking system into Vim and now I take notes. Ah. Yeah. So there you go. That's what I'm missing. The system's more efficient. Yeah. Oh, that's good. You've got a bit of non-technical work to do. Just do what you want anyway. We're small enough at the moment. If you don't feel like doing no, no, no one will see us. Ah, anyway. all right. Whatever. <laughs> Slide under the radar. <laughs> only got to worry when we get big. Yeah, it's even, I feel like this is a struggle at lots of businesses that hire technical people. But it's probably the same with truck drivers, right? Like our, what we're trying, trying to solve. What do you mean? Like uh, they don't want to waste their time. They're here to drive trucks. They don't want to fill in forms. 100%. I've heard yeah. that thousands of times. That's me. Yeah. I'm a truck driver, but yeah. I do the software instead. Yep. Yeah. I would agree with that. If your focus is on one particular task, all the other distractions don't let you do your task to the best of your ability. Exactly. And especially if you really like your task, mm. then it's just upsetting. It is. It's very <laughs> upsetting. Uh, I used to have a system for managing it because I used to do more, uh, I used to have to do reporting. Yeah. So I did, I did like data engineering, like yep. shitty data engineering at one, at one point. And uh, yeah, I had to actually physically write down a list of to-dos. And oh, like okay. I got all of my... Um, non-technical stuff out of the way as soon as possible yeah because like if i did technical i would be like five more minutes yeah. five more minutes yeah. five more minutes of technical stuff yeah. and then it'd be 6 p.m and i'd be like all right well maybe i can start now that i'm done with work well maybe that's the other thing too it's hard to draw a line in the sand with the technical stuff you know you can keep working on it keep working on it eternally when you got to deliver a report that's pretty clear cut like what yeah you need to put some stuff in the report and that's it yeah and also it's like eating dessert. You have to eat your dinner before you have your dessert. My word. <laughs> Don't you think? Your mum's going to love this episode. Yeah. <laughs> These taught are you well. the lessons that I got from her. <laughs> dinner first. Yep. So dinner is the, uh, it's not really dinner, is it? Because it's not that healthy. <laughs> like making spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> Some nice wholesome visual basic. Maybe I'll just put all the spreadsheets in Postgres and then that'll motivate me. Postgres is the ultimate Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. I don't know how to do like, uh, what is it? A pivot. Uh, pivot table. Yeah. Hey, I can you know, do it in Postgres though. Hey, you know how there's like uh, MySQL Workbench. What's the Postgres equivalent? What's Workbench? Like the visualization a, for Postgres. Uh, PG Admin is the PG default. Admin. Yeah. Can you edit stuff directly in PG Admin? Uh, sort of, yeah. You can like double click a field and then change the value and hit, hit enter. Yeah, there you go. You yeah. yeah. Perfect. That's an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surely there's some way to integrate Postgres into like Google Sheets or something. All right. Well, there's my weekend gone. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> if, actually, I, you know what? A tool that I started using this week. Yeah, tell me. Really good tool. Uh, this is way off topic. But um, I started using- All right, using, this is the last one. This is the last topic. Yeah. I, started, I added a, a database like uh, tool to Vim. So I type colon dbui. It uses a, a plugin called dadbod.vim and uh, it connects to the database and I can write the SQL query directly in uh, Vim instead of having to type in psql. Ah. Yeah, which I find very convenient. So you save the files or why would you type it into Vim? Why not just type it into psql? Well, because I'm already in Vim. And then oh, so, okay. so now also it gives me auto-completion for all the like select statements. Of the ones you've previously written? No, no, it, you, it introspects the database oh, does it? and says like the table that you're selecting oh, nice. from has this column. Oh, Would wow. you like to select this? And then it'll like tell you. So how does, that, how does it work? It introspects, so it like- How does the Vim plugin actually work? Ah, yeah. you type uh, like DBUI 
And then it opens up a list of connections. So I have like staging in my local dev one. Oh, okay. And then I click on it, hit enter, new yep. query. And yep. then I open, I write select star from users. And yep. then I uh, colon W, write the file. And it shows me a grid in the bottom yep. of all the users. Oh. Yeah. It's very useful. But the whole time I get like autocomplete, which you don't even get in PG Admin or any of these other tools. Like ah. all the autocomplete is horrible, which That's makes nice. it like a waste of time to even use. Do you query the database often? Yeah, all the time. Do mm. Got to see what's in there. Well, uh, we add a lot of validations to stuff mm. like post-factor. <laughs> this, this, this sprint has been data correction. Yeah. So before I can do that, uh, I have to make sure that the data that is inside of the database adheres to those restrictions as well. Yep. Yeah. Actually, one thing uh, I didn't really realize until you highlighted it the other day was I said something like, oh, we could just migrate that data forward. We don't have to do it backwards. And you're like, no, you always have to migrate backwards too. And I'm like, oh, yeah, actually. Well, it's that. So there's two actually, options. You, do. Yeah. you either don't or you always have to handle two cases for the rest of the existence of the system. Well, that's horrible. Which is worse. Yeah. So, yeah. You wouldn't get that with uh, Leo4j. Just no, add. you do. You still. It's implicit. You so your system add, breaks you silently. whatever you want. No, but your the thing is that your system will break. So uh, so my issue isn't that I I could add whatever I want to Postgres as well. The issue is that from then on I have to if we do any integrations I then have to handle that case. Actually, the thing is, do you know even I mean? if you done it in Neo Four J, if you added some fields, yeah, you'd have to look at all the existing nodes to make sure those fields existed as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. that's my point. Yeah. So from then on, so we're talking about licenses, and if we had to sync them to an external service, yeah we would check if the license exists, but then I also have to check, all right, my, like normally it's like a no-brainer, like it's a very simple clause, but then I have to add additional. Everywhere that we use licenses, we have to double check in the UI and the front end and the often, back end. Okay, yeah. here's a question for mm-hmm. you. How often do people get database schemas correct from the get-go? Frequently. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Because you, uh, you you'd normally model the system and then it's not something that changes greatly. What about in the agile world? surely, it, surely it people change. add fields all the time no no it's not adding that, that's not the issue mm. that's not the issue adding fields is fine mm. my point is that if we decide to integrate with something mm. and it doesn't have that and we could have collected it now mm. what are we going to do are we going to make these other people input data what are, like what do we foresee mm. the future as being gotcha if we can collect the data now it's actually easier if we so there's two paths. Either we collect the data and maybe we don't need it or we don't collect the data and then maybe we need it and then that's awkward because then we have to tell them to re-input the data. All right, let's collect the data. I don't know. I don't even know. I'm just, this is, these are- I, I don't know I either. I'm concerns. still learning. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that's why everyone's here. Yeah. We'll work it out, people. It's fine. We're going to get there. When our cyber trucks come. You know, they canceled those. No, I did to they? Australia. No. Yeah. Better get my money back. <laughs> did you actually? No. Oh. <laughs> I didn't realize you already bought them. <laughs> but, uh, you want to do some plugs? Can you do the plug? Find us on Discord. We post every Wednesday. It's in the description. Or Spotify. What's our cha- streaming platforms? Uh, Spotify. Apple. Apple. Amazon. Leave us a review on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Someone. Yeah. Could someone please do that? Yeah, please. And uh, if it's not five stars, it'd be great if you actually didn't. But like, I won't judge you if you do leave like one star, but I'll be sad probably. Any review is a good review in my mind. I'm very like, you know, I would feel very sad. It would impact me deeply. 
<laughs> now you know how to get to him, everyone. <laughs> It'll keep me up at night. <laughs> All right. And Podcast Discord too. Hop on Discord. Tell us what you want to hear. What is it? Podcast at unreallysoftware.com. Okay.